0: back. And we'd like to welcome back to the program our own sports correspondent. We don't do a lot of sports, but once in a while we enjoy delving into that as part of our public affairs (laughs) lineup. And joining me to help do that
1: is Sean Minton, returning to the show after a long hiatus. Welcome back, Sean. Doug, I know that the question that everybody's asking is, where have I been? (laughs) It's a fair question. I was actually um, kicked out of radio for six months for using voice-enhancing steroids. and. (laughs) I've served my sentence and uh, I have been allowed back on the air. So thanks, thanks for having me back. Now, my
0: understanding was that you you inadvertently used the steroids.
1: It's interesting. Uh, you would think when you sit on a needle, you'd feel it. Strangest <laughs> thing, didn't even know it was there. But uh, uh, we're all we're all you know, all back on the same page. The FCC has said everything's fine. I, I passed my last test. Didn't even need to use the Wizenator. Well, these, things, Still pass these the things do
0: happen. Yes.
1: Well, I'm back. I'm
0: clean. And, and we should clean. remind our listeners that you were actually a professional radio and television guy up in
1: the <laughs> Pacific Northwest. Yes, I was a professional DJ.
0: You did news. You did I weather. Did you all. did sports. You interviewed guys and these these, these, these bonehead <laughs> professional athletes after the game.
1: And they are. Take my word for it. Most of these guys are complete idiots.
0: <laughs> well, you know, we, um, we thought we would bring you back because of a topic we've talked about several times on this show that we thought we should get a sports guy's perspective on. Apparently, a lot of people out there don't have enough hobbies. <laughs> and they've decided to take up the issue of Native American nicknames of sports teams. And I, be, I believe as of yesterday, the NCAA has sent out memos to like something like 20 colleges. Yep,
1: I think it's somewhere right around there.
0: are requesting a review right. of the name.
1: Yeah. I mean, basically the way it's going to work is during the regular season, these teams, whether you're talking about the Florida State Seminoles or, or any other teams that would have something like that, have been told that if they make a a postseason or a playoff, and you know Florida State's always going to be in a football bowl game, yeah. they will not be allowed to use the their nickname during the game. They won't be able to have it on their uniform. Uh, they would simply been, be known, I guess, as Florida State, not the Florida State Seminoles. And I noticed on Amy
0: Goodman yesterday, of course, the difference between our program and Amy Goodman's is there's not a lot of laughs on (laughs) Democracy Now! Good reporter Amy Goodman, but she was taking this story really seriously. In fact, she was portraying Jeb Bush, Florida governor, who said, we might just sue about these people that need to get out more. (laughs) And she was taking the ironic perspective that obviously that Jeb Bush was way out of line. But we happen to... Oddly enough, find ourselves in agreement with the governor on this one.
1: Well, there's a there's two trains of thought when it comes to the governor of Florida. The first is <laughs> his argument is that the Seminoles, the Indian tribe in Florida have said we're not offended by this. We've been a part of this culture for a long time. It's fine with us. The problem is, there is more than one Seminole tribe in the United States. There's a tribe in Oklahoma, there are, are several in Montana, and they do have a problem with it. So mm-hmm. while the governor says, you know, our, our local group here says everything's fine, if you were to poll them, uh, the, the tribes ac- across the nation, I think the consensus is no, we, we don't want to be thought of in that vein. So.
0: See, I would dispute that. I mean, based on my limited experience in Indian country down in uh, in, in Gallup, New Mexico, I worked for the, uh, the health service down there on many occasions, uh, the people down there seemed to have, from what I could see, no problem with it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They would wear braves, uh, uh, jerseys. They had you know jackets from like the Washington Redskins. They had hats from the Cleveland Indians. They didn't seem to have a problem with this.
1: I did a little research before I came over here. It's probably the first time I've ever actually done that. <laughs> Which, which is nice. You know, MSNBC and then some of these other sources that I've been looking at. That's kind of the flare-up in Florida, in, in terms of you know the the locals saying it's fine, and then there are some outrage across the country. People-
0: I don't run into a lot of outrage over this. I, I don't know. Some people are always going to complain about anything.
1: Well, I think, I mean, the Sacramento Honkies or something. I mean, seriously, would anybody, who really cares at this point? I I, would not be offended at all if we had a team called that.
0: As you said that, I happen to have a copy right here at hand of George Carlin's brain dropping years back, where he said, being Irish, I guess I should resent the Notre Dame nickname, the Fighting Irish. After all, how long do you think nicknames like the Bargaining Jews or the Murdering Italians would last? Only the Ironic Irish could be so naively honest. I get the feeling that Notre Dame came real close to naming itself the drunken, thick-skulled, brawling, (laughs) short-penised Irish.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a little bit too much honesty sometimes. Well, the thing about this situation is, this has come up, this is like 10 years in a row that this quote unquote controversy has come up, but it's the first time that the NCAA has actually taken any action. I mean every year I, I think we hear political this.
0: correctness is just gone too far with this. This is out of control in my in my opinion. And we should emphasize this point the opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KDVS or the regions of the University of California are our sponsors.
1: Wow, that was that was that was good Doug. Now we're not going to get sued.
0: Yeah, it's just but just my opinion.
1: It is a joke, and it's something where, you know, in this in this day and age with so many, and again, I know that I'm not here to talk about world issues, but damn it, I'm going to get on my pulpit. No. <laughs> uh, with so many other problems going on in the world, you would think that people would be able to focus on something besides something as silly That's as That's what this. I'm
0: thinking. And and and, and my uh, my producer, Mr. McMillan, has pulled off the web Saturday Mercury News uh, article reprint from Mike Bianchi, Orlando Sentinel titled, Exploring the Ridiculousness of Nicknames. And they have basically a bunch of letters here, alleged letters from people to the NCAA. I'm an African American. I'm outraged by Ole Miss's nickname of Rebels, which is a clear glorification of the South's fight to preserve states' rights and slavery in the Civil War. Actually, I could see that one. I could see that one more than I can see the yeah. Indian nicknames.
1: Yeah. Well, if I were a horned frog, I would certainly be offended <laughs> if I went to TCU down in Texas because, you know, they're the horned frogs. And
0: yeah. Uh... You know? I mean, I'm a Christian woman. I'm insulted by the satanic nicknames such as the Duke Blue Devils or Northwest State Demons. I'm a Muslim man, and I'm offended by Holy Cross's nickname, the Crusaders. Actually, I think that was pretty legitimate, too. The Crusaders is
1: much more offensive. Well, Washington State, we used to be the Aryans, and then eventually we we did change our name. That that was Idaho. We changed our name to Cougars after that. There was a little bit of outrage there.
0: But you know, it, it's like all—if you think about it—all sports nicknames are a little bit puerile. They're, oh, absolutely. They're, I mean, I didn't. You know, I was—I think my junior year at this university, before I realized that we really weren't the Aggies, or the Mustangs. You know, a wild horse. But somehow we got—I guess—you got the idea of some hayseed coming out off the farm who's basically a rough and tumble kind of guy, an Aggie. And that's the guy you don't want to be messing with on the sports field.
1: Lest you uh, run into a Cornhusker in your life someday. Exactly.
0: Exactly. (laughs) But they all have names like, you know, Cougars and Mm -hmm. Grizzlies and Lions and Tigers and Bears and... Yeah, I mean it's something that's got claws and bites you.
1: It's just the nature of sports itself. I mean, the the nickname is uh, can be an intimidating factor, just just like anything else. When you look at the Raiders or the Vikings, you know these. It's just all it's all part of the lure of sports. And I think people, you know, sometimes take it a little bit too seriously in this day and age. And I think that uh, calling people out like this is a is a prime example of that.
0: Well, I think we pretty much run that one out. But I just would say in closing. That I don't see what's demeaning about being the Braves or the Warriors if you're referring to Native Americans. Obviously, being Braves and Warriors were honorable things and, and, and good fighters to boot. But Quite
1: frankly, overall, Doug, I, it, it, it's ludicrous that, that, it's, that, that it's, it's been in the public attention f- for this long. It will die down just like it does every year. Remember, we're just now getting into the college football and the pro football season, and so that's when things like this come up. You know when it's uh, women's lacrosse or, uh, or ping pong – you don't really hear as much as you do right before the, the start of football season.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to pulling for the drunken, thick-skulled, <laughs> brawling, short penis Irish come come September. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, hockey. Uh, apparently, there's been uh, a loss of hockey. You didn't notice that there was no hockey season well, I, last year? Well, personally, I did not notice, no. And apparently most people didn't notice, but, but you did.
1: I'm sure the owners noticed. Can you yeah. imagine these guys who spend hundreds of millions of dollars for franchises, and then they t- they literally go a whole year without collecting any revenue?
0: Well, there's a lot of Canadians depressed about this, I understand.
1: <laughs> but- well, I would say picture America without baseball, but, you know, we've been through that. It's uh, I'm, I'm from the Midwest. I, I was born and raised in Minnesota. I played hockey for 12 years and i love the sport i think the problem with places like say sacramento or some place that doesn't have hockey is the only time that you see hockey is uh fight highlights on espn um or you know you see a goal every once in a while you can't really appreciate the sport unless you were to say go to san jose and watch i mean these guys are 220 225 they're 6263 they're flying around at 40 miles an hour they're hitting a puck 100 miles an hour and they're colliding with each other i mean think of two cars hitting each other at 40 miles an hour and the you know the, the the mess that that leaves i mean these guys are big and strong and to me, it's it's really a wonderful sport to watch because they're just great athletes and it's very quick and fast paced. The rules are a little complicated and they're actually working on, I don't know if you heard, this year, there, there are no more ties in hockey. One of the things that they did oh, thank God. during the collective bargaining yeah. agreement is they're going to have shootouts, almost like in soccer at the end. So if the score yeah. is tied 1-1, yeah. it's the goalie against one of the players on the other team, just kind of a one-on-one, and there well, will see, be that, no that more ties. See, that may allow
0: the sport to take off, because let's face it, Americans are not going to sit through a 90-minute soccer game that ends with a 0-0
1: tie. You're right. Ties are, are you know, they're, they're not the... I'm not going to use the kissing your sister analogy because everybody's <laughs> done that. But they're not very exciting, and they're going to try to open the game up a little bit more. Not only do people not like ties, but if you're going to commit to a two or two and a half hours of watching this thing and the score is two to one, again, that's something with, uh, that most Americans aren't all that interested in. So they're working on ways to, to make the sport more offensive in terms of, of uh, getting more scoring so that maybe you're going to see more seven to five, six to five, things like that, versus a one to you know, two to one, things like that. You that got just,
0: to, the sport has to be set up to where there's a reasonable amount of scoring. Yeah, I, basketball well, has too much, and soccer doesn't have enough.
1: That's a, you know, and that's the thing. You know, when you look at with with that, w- w- digressing here a little bit, people have you know had all this outrage about the steroid use, and yet nobody's complaining when you go to a baseball game and the score is nine to eight. Well, if these guys weren't juicing themselves up and and hitting those four hundred foot home runs, and it was a, a pitcher's duel every night, two to one. Nobody would go. People want that's, to see the home run. That's true. And if you gotta juice yourself up a little bit to get the extra ten feet to get over the wall, obviously the players are willing to do that because deep inside I think that's what the fans really want, even though everybody hates to admit it. We need to have you come back and talk about steroids
0: for about ten minutes. I'm a user. <laughs> Uh, it's my inhaler for my asthma, Doug. Please. We, 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 yeah, we don't have time today, but okay. by God, I know you have limited time, but come back and we'll talk steroids. I would we'll like to talk about to do the that. inadvertent use. Yes, the after inadvertent use. After swearing to Congress, I did not use anything illegal.
1: And he pointed his finger at him so you know he was serious. <laughs> we must talk
0: about that. All right. Well, Sean, uh, good to have you back after a, a, a too long of a hiatus. I,
1: I'm glad to be back, and again, I am clean, Doug. <laughs> All right, we'll come back in a couple weeks. Hey!
0: All right, uh, final couple items. We talked last week about some of the Nobel Prizes that should not have been awarded, and the San Francisco Chronicle had an article about Fritz Haber, about a book about Fritz Haber titled Mastermind, The Rise and Fall of Fritz Haber, the Nobel Laureate who launched the age of chemical warfare. Uh, Yes, a Nobel Prize winner that basically invented um, the first chemical weapon of mass destruction, poison gas used in World War I, first under his direction for Kaiser Kaiser Wilhelm's Germany. Either next week or perhaps the week after, we'll be talking about about that story, along with maybe some excerpts from a book I just picked up called The Ignoble Prizes by Mark Adams, a book that's described as celebrating all that is bizarre, weird, and frankly improbable in real-life scientific research. And final item from the It's About Time file. Roman officials said last month they would begin paving some of the city's ancient cobblestone streets. As cars and trucks bump along the cobblestone streets, they cause the roads to vibrate. These vibrations have begun damaging nearby ancient monuments and Renaissance palaces, officials said, adding they had to put the preservation of the buildings before that of the roadway. It's difficult to find a balance of protecting the city's landscape, said the culture minister. Smooth asphalt roads will be much cheaper to maintain. Repairing cobblestone streets is a dying art. Thankfully dying art if you were driven on one. And Rome now has only eight masons trained to hammer replacement stones into place. You know, this is not something that I can get very nostalgic about. It's its pretty rough go on cobblestones. That's it for the show. Our thanks to Professor William K. Hartman and our sports correspondent, Sean Minton. Tune in next week with a couple of very special guests. We'll be joined by Cornell Professor of Astronomy, Dr. Steve Squires, who has been the principal investigator for NASA of the twin rover missions to the planet Mars, the Spirit and Opportunity Rovers, which, like the Energizer bunnies, just keep on going and going we will talk to us about uh, about this very fascinating um, uh, twin missions, which have done all kinds of good science. That's on next week's show. We also expect to be joined by comedian Fred Willard. That should be fun. This show is produced by Edward McMillan. I'm Douglas Everett, and you've been listening to Radio Parallax. Stay tuned for Todd.